Rich Eisen. He is one of the all-time. Rich Eisen. Absolute friggin' great. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I don't see no competition. With guest host Ben Lyons. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Hey, Rich. Huge fan. Love your show. Listen to it every day. Thanks, brother. The Rich Eisen Show. And now, sitting in for Rich... Here's Ben Lyons. Welcome, everyone. Today is Thursday, July the 15th, 2021. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. We appreciate you hanging out with us, making us part of your day today. Got a big, big show today. My good friend Ramona Shelburne from ESPN knows all things NBA. She's going to call in in about 20 minutes or so so we can break down and digest game four of the NBA finals. Finally, we were delivered an all-timer, an instant classic last night in Milwaukee. Chris Middleton and Devin Booker dueling Giannis with a historic block, an iconic play that will live on forever in NBA history. How does it impact his legacy? What will Chris Paul do in his response to game five? There's so much to get to from the NBA finals, of course, so we'll break it all down with Ramona Shelburne. A little bit later on in the show, we'll get a little Hollywood as well. My buddy Jamie Patrickoff, a great producer, done films like Sugar and Half Nelson and Blue Valentine. He's going to check in, and we're going to talk about the state of sports cinema. Uh, an, uh, the biggest Tampa Bay fuck, uh, Bucks fan in uh, Los Angeles, Shane Powers, is going to call in. The biggest Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan I know in Los Angeles, uh, Shane Powers, is going to check in. He was a survivor. That's right. He was on CBS Survivor, and he's going to call in and check in as well, talk about all things Bucks, as well as Roe Parrish from NBA TV. Roe is my buddy and going to break down the NBA Finals. So a lot of guests, a lot of people checking in, talk about the, the NBA Finals, and, the, and of course the WNBA All-Star Game last night, too. I want to get into that. Uh, but before we get started, I do want to send some love and good energy to our friend Rich Eisen, if you follow Rich at the Rich uh, Rich Eisen across social media, of course, and at Rich Eisen Show, Rich uh, announced this morning that he was diagnosed with COVID nineteen, despite having been vaccinated. He's in good spirits. I spoke with him yesterday, and so you're aware this stint for me filling in for Rich uh, over these two weeks was already planned, um, was already in the works for some time now, um, and as fate would have it. Rich on his vacation uh, would be diagnosed with COVID. He's doing okay. Uh, as you saw in his Instagram post, he's been fighting off the symptoms and the healthcare professionals that have been attending to him have expressed that a big reason why he's, he's going to get through this and he's okay is because he was vaccinated and we're thinking of him and I know he's doing well and I hope he's not listening to the show today. I hope he's getting rest and I hope he's taking care of himself. He'll be back soon. But we're sending love and good energy, of course, to our friend Rich Eisen. It's Ben Lyons filling in for Rich uh, here on the Rich Eisen Show. We're about 15 minutes away from Ramona Shelburne checking in. And, you know, I was thinking about game four of the NBA Finals as I'm watching last night. And I had dubbed it the Devin Booker bounce back game. That's what you want to see from a great player. And for the longest time now, Devin Booker has kind of been like your favorite player's favorite player. He's that guy that within the industry of basketball, everybody knew was the one. And even though his Phoenix Suns had struggled during his first few years in the league and, you know, despite that great bubble run they went on last year, they came up short and this is his first playoff run. Everybody knew that Devin Booker had arrived. 
part of Team USA, an all-star, a star off the court. Um, Devin Booker gave you an all-time performance last night and did it with no three-pointers. Did it just with the mid-range game, which for real hoopers you love to see because the full bag is on display. Uh, His change of pace, he's so shifty. He didn't have to just jack up a ton of threes to get it done last night, and and he goes for 42. However, it's the no call that will define the game last night. He goes up. He's got five fouls. The fouls take him out of the flow in the fourth quarter, and then he goes up to contest a Drew Holiday layup, clearly committing a foul. About three and a half minutes to go, and the refs swallow the whistles. Keeps him in the game, keeps it close down the stretch. But as always, when it comes to the NBA Finals, it's defined by the moments. And life is like that as well. You know, you think about your life, and for most of us, most days are the same. You wake up, you decide what to have for breakfast. Maybe today I'll make a smoothie. Maybe I'll treat myself to a bacon, egg, and cheese. These are the tough decisions you have to make to start the day. You take the kids to school, you get to work. Most days tend to blend into each other. If I said to you, walk me through March First, 2018. You probably can't remember. But it's the moments that define us. It's the moments that we remember. It's the moments that we think back on as to how we became the person that we are today. And so it's the moments in the NBA Finals that define the series. I remember in 1991, my first NBA Finals as a fan that I truly remember being emotionally invested in. I remember the moment of Michael Jordan driving down the lane, going up with the right hand, switching it to the left when he saw his former North Carolina teammate, long-armed Sam Perkins, who thought twice about jumping and ending up in a Gatorade commercial. Jordan switched to the left hand, laid it in. It was a meaningless two-point layup, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. However, it was the iconic moment that defined that series because it really represented the passing of the torch from Magic Bird, from the Magic and Bird era of the NBA to then what would become the Michael Jordan era. He continued that, of course, with the shrug in 92, hitting a bunch of three-pointers in the first half, which now just seems like another NBA Finals shooting performance for a guy like Jay Crowder or Mike Miller. But back then when nobody shot three-pointers, MJ's shrug in 92 against the Blazers was the defining moment of that series, and they won game one, and, and the Bulls never looked back. There's so many great defining moments in NBA Finals history that when you think back to particular series, that was the play that that defined not only the game, the series, but the legacy of these athletes who we are so emotionally connected to. We know their stories, tapestries woven into the history of the game, almost like Avengers origin stories. We know how Peter Parker was bit by the spider and how his Uncle Ben was murdered, and he had to become a hero and step into himself. And we know Spider-Man's origin story. We know Giannis's origin story. Grew up from humble beginnings in Athens, the son of Nigerian immigrants, who was able to overcome poverty, find the game of basketball, and bring his talents to America, build a life for his family, play alongside his brothers. It's an incredible story. And that story was enriched last night with his NBA Finals moment. Now Booker with Tucker on him. Throws it up for Aiden. Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo. What a block from Giannis. 
I mean, it's an incredible moment. Mike Breen on the call last night. And what's so epic about the Giannis block was that he, he was late on it. He anticipated it. He knew that Aiton had beat him back door, and he didn't jump towards the ball. He jumped towards a spot. He wasn't afraid to get dunked on. It was a moment that just summarizes everything that represents Giannis Antetokounmpo. This man is a, the Greek freak. He's a freak of nature athletically. That is an athletic play that mere mortals can only dream of. And he's able to, with the hyperextended knee, let's not forget. That needs to be uh, brought up throughout these NBA finals because just two weeks ago, we thought his season was done. And now he's going out there and, and doing something like that that will live on in NBA history. Here's what his teammate Pat Connaughton had to say after the game about the Giannis block. No, I had a great view of that. Um, I almost forgot to grab the rebound or go for the rebound after I saw it. Look at it, I'm right there on the elbow. Uh, it was a great pass by Book. It was a great play. And Giannis just did what Giannis does. That's why he's the MVP. That's why uh, he's the defensive player of the year. That's, those are the types of plays that he makes. That's why he's the freak, the Greek freak. And, uh, you know, it's much better to have him on our team than for anything else. <laughs> At least the biggest one since 2016 or so, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Him and LeBron, I mean, they, they yeah. can duke it out for the best block of all time. All right, now that's obviously a hot topic today is, is the LeBron block versus the Giannis block. And this gets back to my theory about, about moments. Circumstances really define moments in terms of their importance. But if you just want to look at the physical nature of the block, remove the historical context. Well, in case you forgot, the end of the 2016 NBA Finals, Game 7, uh, legacies on the line. Here's what LeBron did at Oracle. As we come up on a minute and a half remaining. Picked off by Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala to the rim. Blocked oh, great James. block. James out of nowhere skies to the rim. He bats it away. And J.R. Smith recovers. I mean, that block to save the game at the end of the game. Down 3-1. The series on the line. LeBron, can he get it done? There's no this is for you Cleveland moment without that play. So the circumstances around it elevate his greatness. Now, he also chased down Andre Iguodala running from half court. But I think Giannis spinning backwards, turning around, blocking a seven-footer who's trying to dunk on his head, I think just for maybe a, you're looking at it from the physicality of it, might be more impressive. However, the, the context, of course, I'll go with LeBron. LeBron's play is the greatest defensive play in NBA history. LeBron's play is the most important, impactful. There's so many sliding doors moments with LeBron's play. History is yet to to be written when it comes to the Giannis block. Um, But he did have some insights after the game when he was asked about the play. As I said, like, I didn't jump to block the ball. I jumped towards the rim. I feel like that's what kind of helped me, put me in position to uh, get the block because I jumped. The rim was right here, so I jumped right here. So he could, like, shoot the ball. If he shot the ball to the backboard, it would probably be a goaltending, you know. But he tried to dunk it. So I I was right there earlier than him. Giannis Antetokounmpo after the game. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. And um, it's just a ridiculous play. (laughs) At a time when 
uh, Milwaukee desperately needed a stop. And he showed up and gave us one of the great moments. And what makes Giannis uh, such a superstar is not only did he give us a great moment on the court, but then he gave us a great moment after the game when he was asked about this thing he's been doing now where he checks out of the game in the first quarter at a time when superstars don't usually look for a breather, look for a rest. Giannis has been checking himself out of the game, and nobody really knows why he explained it afterwards. Giannis, this was the second game in a row you went out early in the first quarter. I'm just curious what was going on there. I wanted to, uh, what the hell you guys say politely, I wanted to take a, a tinkle. A, a tinkle? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to take a tinkle that came back. Yeah. That's, that's, it's, that's polite, right? Tinkle is polite, yeah. Both games. I wanted to take a tinkle that went back. I mean, you gotta... You got to love Giannis's honesty. You got to love anybody who takes, uh, you know, the air out of the room and, and, and just gives you something funny to laugh when everyone's so stressed and intense. And it's about moments. How many press conferences have you heard as a sports fan that you completely forget? That's your random March 1st, 2018. That's your random. Do I have a smoothie or bacon and eggs this morning? I don't really know. And it's just another day that goes by and. You know, forgettable. There's so many press conferences. Yeah, we played really hard and we went out there and we were trying to take it one game at a time. You're going to remember the moment when Giannis talked about having to take a tinkle in the NBA Finals. That is a moment that will live on in Giannis' story and legacy. And that's what the NBA Finals is all about, celebrating the moments. That's what life's all about, those disruptive moments that break up the mundane, that add to our legacy, that add to our memory, that add to our soul and give us fuel to move forward and take on the day-to-day, the mundane, the forgettable, the, 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 the slog that we need to move through and push through to get those moments that bring us joy and bring us together. And the NBA Finals is littered with them. We got a bunch of them last night. Uh, we're going to get deeper into the NBA Finals today on the show because later on we've got Roe Parrish from NBA TV. Roe and I hosted a show for a few years called The Warm-Up with uh, Turner Sports, NBA TV. Shouts out to Tony Rock, who is our co-host as well. Um, it was Twitter's first live show that they produced uh, all about basketball. It was a Thursday night thing. We did it in Atlanta for two years. And Roe, if you watch the NBA uh, on, on, on NBA TV, then you know that Roe knows. So Roe's going to break down uh, some of the finals with us a, a little bit later. Some crazy stats around Chris Paul. That's what I want to get into with Ramona Shelburne next. Ramona Shelburne from ESPN is going to hang out. We're going to break down Chris Paul's performance, what he needs to do to bounce back, and and some of the keys for Phoenix to find their footing as they had a a stronghold of the series up 2-0, now find the the momentum in Milwaukee's favor, heading back to Phoenix for a Game 5 on Saturday night. That's going to be a vibe out there in the desert. Man, the Suns and four guys pre-gaming now. Uh, Ramona Shelburne joins us next. It's Ben Lyons filling in for Rich. We're sending Rich a lot of love today. Get well soon. We'll hold down the fort, Rich. Ben Lyons filling in on the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. 
That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code EISEN. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the show. The show rolls on. Ben Lyons hanging out for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. As always, you can hit us up at Rich Eisen Show on Twitter, Instagram. Hit me up at at I am Ben Lyons. I'll be hanging out with Brockman and TJ and Del Tufo, the whole crew next week here on the radio, of course, Westwood One, Sirius XM 211, and on Peacock next week. I'm going to make sure to shave and wear a collared shirt. My mother will be watching. Um, I've been watching the Open Championship. I love being here in Southern California at the Rich Eisen Studios because that means the, uh, the British Open, the Open Championship, that kicks off at like 2 in the morning. So when I'm getting up early, because I'm doing hours and hours and hours of research of course here filling in for rich i'm getting up with the you know with just me the moon and, and the coyotes out there and guys like jake joan hall a night crawler roaming the streets watching the open championship i love justin rose justin rose minus three 67 today sits in seventh but i love justin rose because i think we're the same age and i remember him holing out on 18 when he was an amateur to finish in the top 10 at the open championship many many moons ago um I've been fortunate for many, many moons to be friends with our next guest. She covers the NBA and all things sports in Southern California, of course, for ESPN. It's my good buddy, Ramona Shelburne, who takes some time to hang out with us day after game four of the NBA finals. And that legendary Giannis block got his finals moments. Your thoughts from game four, Momo. Thanks for joining the show. Hey, Ben. How are you? I love that you get up at 2 a.m. Like, I'm going to bed at 2 a.m. <laughs> like, well, there used to be a time, funny. Ramona, when I would just stay up from 2 a.m. But, uh, yeah. no, now I'm, I'm definitely uh, getting up uh, uh, like on some vampire hours. Uh, as There's so much going on right now, and I just get so jacked up for the finals. All these moments, it takes me back to my yeah. childhood. The finals are defined by moments. What do you think about the Giannis block last night? I think that block is this iconic play that... If Milwaukee goes on to win, that's all we're going to talk about and show in every highlight forever about this series and the season. But if they lose, it's forgotten. Like, it's, I mean, it's great. It was wonderful. But I think it's one of those moments that, like, it happened in game four. If it happened in game seven, like LeBron's chase down block against Andre Iguodala, like, 
then that becomes the iconic block. But you know, great plays in game four only matter if you end up winning the series. So um, what's amazing about it, though, Ben, like think about what Giannis did. He actually defended the alley and the oop. Insane. <laughs> like on up, like he's, he's defending Devin Booker as Devin Booker's coming down the lane. And then has enough athletic ability to drop step, pivot, turn, and recover to, to block the oop to DeAndre Ayton. That's, I've never seen that. Have you? No, and to get up fast enough and high enough. That's why I said before, <laughs> if you remove the historical context, the moment of the game, game four versus game seven, LeBron going back to Cleveland, the decision, all the stuff around it. Just from a pure athleticism, if I'm a space alien and I come down to Earth and I have no idea who these two people are, I say that's more impressive. Yeah. I mean, look, and here's the thing. I, I don't want to go negative on this answer, okay, because I, I think it, I don't like being a negative person. I'm generally a positive person. But the, my, I have two takeaways from game four. One, Giannis, the Giannis block is what we're always going to talk about. But, but you know who didn't have a moment in game four? Chris Paul and like this whole series is just set up to be a coronation for Chris Paul. Like after 16 years, he's going to finally get his NBA championship. I mean, at least he's got to the finals so far, but this is, this is set up to have a moment. And Devin Booker was having himself a game, 40 points, like 17 fouls, but only five of them were called. (laughs) Okay. But he was having himself an incredible game. All Chris Paul had to do was just be solid. And that late turnover, um, the five for 13 from the field, I mean, it just wasn't a crisp, was not even close to like a solid game, let alone his finest hour. And I just, I don't know. They're going back to Phoenix. Maybe they'll end up winning the series. Home court has, has mattered so far, but that was a real missed opportunity for him and the Suns. Ramona Shelburne joins the show. ESPN's own Ben Lyons here, hanging out for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. And while the Giannis block will be the defensive play that gets immortalized forever in NBA history. It's the defense of Drew Holiday that caused Mm -hmm. such chaos for Chris Paul. I follow my buddy Tommy Beer on Twitter. He had a great stat. Chris Paul committed 22 turnovers over the first three rounds of the playoffs, and he's committed 15 turnovers in the last uh, three games of the NBA Finals. Wow. So is that a Chris wow. Paul thing or is that a Drew Holiday and the scheme and the defense of the Milwaukee Bucks thing? Um, I think it's a Drew Holiday thing. <laughs> I, think, I think the guy's really good defensively. And, like, we're, we are giving him a very hard time offensively because he's just really missing a lot of easy looks. His shooting percentage is pretty rough. But if he plays defense like that, it's uh, probably worth it. I mean, they, put, they switched Drew Holiday on to Chris Paul after that game one, remember Chris Paul had this amazing game one. It's 32 points. It just looked like, God, he's playing like that at age 36. He's just turned back, the, you know, turned back time. He's having a great time in the finals. And then the Milwaukee said, okay, fine. We're, we're just going to put Drew Holiday on him. And they're able to do that then, which I think is really incredible, because P.J. Tucker can guard Devin Booker. P.J. Tucker, who was like the guy you saw guarding Kevin Durant in the second round. He's able to also then defend a guard in Devin Booker. That's an amazing versatility that PJ Tucker has. But he's been—it's hard to say he's been great on a guy who had 40 points. Okay, but um, he's done enough on Devin Booker that they can get away with having 
Drew Holiday on Chris Paul for most of the time. No, you're absolutely right about uh, P.J. Tucker doing a great job on Devin Booker despite him going for 42. It reminds me of those Knicks-Bulls battles where they would say, wow, Starks was great on Jordan tonight. Jordan only had 44. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, but he, I mean, that's how good Devin Booker was last night. He was, we, you know, we... I don't like to ever compare anybody to Kobe Bryant because Kobe Bryant has five rings and is immortalized. And he's just like that. He's at another level than anybody else. But in terms of having that kind of not only ability to dominate a game and, and take over a game, but also the mental toughness to just do that after he had a real, I mean, Devin Booker's had, he sucked in game three, right? Like he didn't even play the fourth quarter. So to come back from a game like that and then just go for 40 and, and, and it was an easy 42, wasn't it? I mean, it just felt like he was getting whatever he wanted. He's so smooth on that jumper. He can do whatever he wants on the court right now. And, and they're paying him a lot of attention. It's not like nobody's guarding. He is doing a good job on it, but um, Devin Booker, he really does have that, that in him, that Kobe ability in him. And I, and I think mentally it's just, it's a, it's, a lot to put on a young player like that, but Devin Booker wants all of that. He nope. wants all that challenge. And like, that's why he sought out Kobe all those years. It shows you Ramona that there's levels to this. His performance yeah. last night kind of reminded me of Michael Jordan in the eighties going up against the Celtics before Scotty got to town. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, the game he scored 70 in the Boston garden where they all took that photo in the locker room afterwards, they lost mm-hmm. by double digits. So this will be part of Devin Booker's legacy that is getting etched in stone throughout these finals of Yes, can you know he can ball out, he can bounce back, but they lost. Yep. Can he win? Can he get over the hump? And that's what you love about greatness is that it has to continue. It has to keep pushing forward. And I think if you're yep. Milwaukee, you got to feel comfortable today that you know the formula for success was Giannis goes for 40 and, and we follow the way. Well, he wasn't the leading scorer. It was Chris Middleton last night who dropped 40 mm-hmm. in his own masterpiece down the stretch. Can he travel, though? Middleton's been terrible on the road throughout the playoffs, or pedestrian, I should say. Can he travel for a game five? Is that the key, you think, for Milwaukee to really take control of the series? It probably is. I mean... Look, they they uh, came out of those first couple of games and felt pretty good about themselves. Not just because Giannis was great, even though I mean, have we forgotten what his knee looked like fifty like like ten days ago? Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> the fact that Giannis has come back from that hyperextended knee, oh. I mean, that that was incredible. But to me, they they felt good about it because they they were like the you know the Bucks felt like if we just cut down on our turnovers. If we stop, if we clean up the little things like transition defense, our turnovers, if we get, if we make more of our free throws, we win those games. Like as good as Phoenix played in games one and two at home, Milwaukee was right there. They just, they just weren't clean all the way around. So it wasn't necessarily about Drew Holiday and and Chris Middleton need to score more. Um, it was just they have to, they have to just clean up some of those things that we all talk about. Get out, you know, transition defense and and free throws and it, it, I mean those are just those are things that any team can do on the road that don't require making big shots in front of a hostile crowd right and and I think that's why um you know we, we saw we have we saw the Chris Middleton game he was great Ben, this this series is really weird though because we we kind of rushed to get to game one like Atlanta played game seven of the Eastern Conference I said game six of the Eastern Conference finals on a Saturday and then they had to do um, 
Wait, let me see if I can get my game. one was on Tuesday. It was, it was a quick turnaround. Yeah. yeah. Really quick turnaround. And then the next one was Thursday. But then there was three days off and then three days off again. I mean, there's just they've had a lot of rest this week. Um, and we don't play again until Saturday. So it, the, the spacing is somewhat because of the All-Star game. Um, the Major League Baseball All-Star game was this week. And so that kind of spaced things out in a, in a different way. But people, you know, in terms of rest and recovery, like that was a that was a knockout fight last game. Everybody looked exhausted, um, but they have plenty of time to recover. I don't think fatigue's going to be a factor here. Well, I think it's interesting the conversation around rest and recovery when you look at these NBA finals. And Ramona Shelburne from ESPN joins the show. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen show is how it impacts Team USA. Last night, we got an yeah. epic NBA Finals game featuring Drew Holiday, Devin Booker, and Chris Middleton. Yeah. How are those guys going to get on a plane in a week and head to Tokyo and be a part of what Pop's trying to do with USA men's basketball? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, look, they're all young, I guess. <laughs> they all should be okay. Um, you know, I, I, guess I'm, I guess I'm a little, like, you know, I'm like in my early 40s, so I, you know, I remember the days in my 20s when I could just like pull all nighters three nights in a row. And Ben, you're like the king of like flying all over the world. And yeah, but I'll tell you, Ramon, what... I did a power walk up Runyon Canyon yesterday. We might have had to call in Ryan Leaf to fill in for uh, the show this morning. Let me tell you, <laughs> right? I mean, like they're young, they're used to it. These guys travel. I mean, nobody's traveled all that much this year, but. I don't know. I think Book looks, Devin Booker looks like he's in great shape. He doesn't look tired to me. Um, you know, Middleton looks pretty tired by the end of that game. But, like, I think they'll be all right in terms of the Olympics because, yeah, you got the weird time zone stuff. But, like, they're, they're all young. They've been traveling. And, I, and they, they, don't, they don't necessarily have to be great right away. Like, the, the time that they'll really need those guys is later on. What it affects the Olympic team more is that, as we have seen, they are not a team yet. They really need to play together a little bit and find some rhythm and find some ways of doing things. And that the larger issue with Team USA is that we've gone away from this. We've gone away from this um, program that we had built. Right in 2008, 2012, the guys who were on those teams they showed up at all the mini camps in Vegas every year. They played in the World Championships. There was like team building that happened on the off years. So that by the time you got to the Olympics, like you didn't necessarily have to figure out who was going to do what and how to play together and all that. I mean, people had bonded and spent a lot of time together by the time they got to the Olympics. Now we're just throwing it together. Like we're just, it's like an all-star game, except the teams we're playing against, Australia is, is probably the best example of this. They've been playing together for years. They're great. Spain is another one. I mean, they really know what they're doing out there. So when you wonder why Team USA struggles against these teams, it's because we have sort of abandoned the program building, the team building that we had done, you know, a couple of Olympic cycles ago. I don't know what we could have done differently. It's hard to, this year, the last two years have been really hard. I mean, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, put too much pressure on those guys to show up. Kevin Durant wasn't exactly available. No. And the fact that Kevin Durant is even playing now, considering two weeks ago, he was dueling with Giannis. It's insane. And, 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 and and he should be applauded for that. And he's always been a real hooper and we'll, we'll follow the game of basketball around the globe, wherever it takes him. But I'm glad you brought up this stuff about the commitment to team USA and the Mm -hmm. commitment to the Olympic program, because I think the men's program can take a real page from the women's book. And what we saw last night with the WNBA all-star game was tremendous. 
Arike Ogunbowale gets her MVP. She's her first-time All-Star. She goes for 26. But the Team USA team lost to the WNBA All-Star team. But the format created an incredible atmosphere. It's going to help Team USA. I love watching this squad of goats of Sue Bird and Griner and, uh, you know, Stewie. And they just got some ballers on that team. And I would love to see the men do something similar. Do you think we'll ever see an all-star game in the NBA of Team USA going up against a team of all-stars? Because that would speak to your point about continuity. If this group of men that's going to Tokyo had played in February as a group, they would have that connective tissue. That's a good point. I never thought about it because I think that the timing doesn't match up as as well as it does for the women, right? Because the WNBA season is generally overlapping much closer to the Olympic season. They actually have to take a break in the WNBA season so that uh, a bunch of people can go play for their for their nations in the Olympics. So it doesn't overlap, but, I mean, there's no reason why it couldn't. I mean, if people wanted to get on board with that, I think it would be kind of fun. I just thought it was um, so great how, how like, even yeah. last, I, when she won the, the trophy last night, Arike was like, hey, we're rooting for you guys. We're here to help you guys get better. And it's that camaraderie in the W that just makes that league so special. I will say this, though. I love, okay, for people who don't know the whole background here, Arika Gumbawale um, could be on Team USA. Right. But Team USA has, like, the, the, in, in, Team USA has so many good players that they generally have this idea, okay, when you're a young player, you just kind of wait your turn. Eventually, well, you, may, you might be good enough to make the Olympics. You probably should. But we'll get to you when you're 28, not 24. Okay? So, th- now, they, they make exceptions to that all the time, which is why people are really upset that Neko Gumbake is not on the team. Um, but like the, the team that the WNBA All Stars put, you know, are, are put together, it was like this all snub team. It was like all these players who either had been on the team before and got cut, like Candace Parker, okay, or Arika Ogumbawale, who could be on the team but was told to wait till next time. They get to like have a showdown with everyone watching against the, the ladies who were selected for the team. It was great. It's a I great was, atmosphere. Yeah. Arike is kind of like the Julius Randle of the WNBA. Like, <laughs> that's like Julius Randle having to go up against Kevin Love in an all-star game yeah. versus the Team USA. Um, Ramona Shelbert joins the show. It's so great having basketball on in July, isn't it? I know it's been a crazy year and it's been tough. But... Yeah, normally this time of year, I was just trying to think like what I would normally be doing in July. We would be just wrapping up uh, free agency by this point. And I'd be getting ready to say sayonara. No, this, this, isn't this the time? Isn't this the time you usually link up with Magic and Sam Jackson and, and Monte Carlo oh, and man. Portofino on the Magic Johnson vacation? Okay, wait, How much does that guy love grilled fish and a logo T-shirt? Okay, the Magic Johnson um, Italian vacation tour is the highlight of social media during July because he goes every year. Like he he gets on a boat and goes every single year. Um, and it's, I mean, it's just sort of just living his best life. Let right? me tell you a great story about like- that. Let me tell you a great story about that. Okay. <laughs> so my wife and I went on our honeymoon to Italy and France. This is in 2017. Right. And we made our way up and down the coast as ones do on their honeymoon. It was a beautiful yeah. trip for us. Right. So a few months later, as Hollywood would have it, I'm on the third tee at Mountain Gate with Sam Jackson. Right. And I say, Sam, I saw on Instagram that you and Magic were traveling around Italy uh, and you guys were going to the towns that my wife and I were going to. You guys were just a few weeks behind us on, on the trip. 
<laughs> and he says, oh, that's great, Ben. I wish I had known. What was the name of your vessel? And I said, oh. Sam, the name of my vessel was Fiat. Was a rented Fiat from, how do you say Hertz in Italian? <laughs> that's great. Yeah, no, Magic and, um, Magic and Sam Jackson, they, they have a yacht. They what's, get a very what's the name of your vessel? Nice yeah. <laughs> no, but they, they bump into James Harden. And you know what's amazing? To, like, my favorite of the photos so far this year was the one where they were in, I don't even know where they were, but Magic's. Magic was – sometimes he has a Versace shirt on. Sometimes he's got some kind of fashionable Balenciaga shirt or something. But he had, like, a Los Angeles tourist shirt on. Like, that was the photo. Like he had this, like – I don't know if he bought it at the airport or maybe maybe it's, like, a fancy one. Like, the but, like, equivalent was, of the, like, I love NY shirt, right, yeah. that you would get at the airport. I feel <laughs> like great. someone from Team Magic goes to the outlet malls the week before the yeah. trip and just – cakes out on like Versace, <laughs> Kohan, Armani Exchange and just gets him right you know, for that trip. He's living right though. He I'll goes s- for a month on a yacht with his best friend all around the Mediterranean to the point where at this point every now when he takes pictures with the proprietors of the this is my old friend. I've been coming here for 16 years. Like he really does know every owner of every cool restaurant in Portofino or Capri or I mean it's like the life goals wait so life goals. You, you don't think he'd rather be president of the Lakers basketball operations and be studying second round draft options for them nah. right now nah you think you think well, he'd think rather be having grilled trip. fish with Momo and Capri instead <laughs> pretty sure he's still went on the trip when he did when he's president of the Lakers <laughs> Ramona Shelburne joins the show. You're the greatest. Enjoy the rest of your day here in Southern California, Momo. Thanks, Ben. Ramona Shelburne, ESPN. Yeah, that magic LL Cool J, Sam Jackson yacht trip is quite the fun follow on social media. Uh, Ben Lyons filling in for Rich. We got a lot more NBA Finals stuff. We got some Hollywood talk with Jamie Patrickoff a little bit later. Plus, uh, I want to... Take a, a, a deeper dive at this WNBA all-star format and see if that's not something Team USA on the men's side can take away as they head off to Tokyo. Olympics around the corner. Yankees, Red Sox tonight. Lots going on in the sports world. Ben filling in for Rich. We're sending Rich good energy and lots of love today. The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. 
Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons hanging out for Rich. Game four of the NBA Finals in the books. Bucks get it done. Bucks get us a series now. It's getting spicy. Just a few games left. Possibly three. Game five will be Saturday night. Two more off days, which I would think would benefit Chris Paul and the Suns. More so than the Bucks. The Bucks have finally figured something out. Giannis is in rhythm. Middleton balled out. But Phoenix looked young last night. The others didn't travel. That was one of the keys for the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker bounced back. Check. You got that. DeAndre Ayton staying out of foul trouble. Gave you 17 rebounds. Check. You got that. You needed the others to travel. They say that the great role players play well at home in the postseason and forget to get on the flight. And that's what happened again last night with the others from the Phoenix Suns. In game two, a double-digit victory for Phoenix. Mikael Bridges gave you 27 points. Last night, he gave you seven. Combination of Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne, Mikael Bridges. It amounted to 26 points last night. The Milwaukee Bucks from Brooke Lopez. Pat Connaughton got 25 points last night. Throwing Torrey Craig for Phoenix, that's 30 points. That's not enough, even with Booker's 40. Because if Chris Paul doesn't show up like he didn't last night, 5 of 13 with a gang of turnovers, timely turnovers as well, then this could be four in a row for the Bucks. I like Milwaukee's chances in Game 5 better than I did in Games 1 and 2. They're getting more rest than they did getting off the Eastern Conference Finals. We just had Ramona Shelburne on from ESPN, and, and she reminded us that the Hawks and Bucks went six games, and two days later, three days later, boom, NBA Finals starts. Well, now they get another break as they head back to Phoenix with some confidence. They figured out the recipe. Giannis is really playing like Shaq. It's incredible to watch. I remember Shaq felt like a cheat code, felt like a glitch in the matrix, felt like you had gone up, up, down, down, left, right, A, B, A, B, A in Contra for Nintendo. Dating myself with that one, but you know the code. Got you every single weapon in that game. Well, Giannis has unlocked the code, uh, and of course Milwaukee is benefiting benefiting from it because think about this. Milwaukee... Lost uh, the battle in field goal percentage last night. Phoenix shot over 50% from the field and still lost. They lost the battle in three-point percentage last night. Going just 7 of 29, shooting 24% as a team. But this is what the game came down to. 
It was the one block that will live on forever in NBA history. The Giannis block is something that we will be talking about for generations to come. Now Booker with Tucker on him. Throws it up for Aiton. Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo. What a block from Giannis. Mike Breen on the call, usually here at the Rich Eisen Show, and Ben Lyons filling in for Rich uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. We usually have Raiders board op Art with us, but Art is out today. Laura is here. Good morning here in Southern California. Laura, how are you? I am well. (laughs) Thank you for bringing me on. Did you uh, you get a chance to watch that Giannis block last night? Sorry, I don't have my headphones on. Give me a moment. (laughs) No, No worries. No worries. Uh, ben Lyons phoned in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Coming up in about half an hour, my buddy Jamie Patrickoff, producer, best friend of Rich Kleiman, Kevin Durant's buddy, Rich Kleiman, uh, his high school power forward teammate, Jamie Patrickoff, who's become a big producer here in Hollywood, uh, produced a documentary about KD for HBO a few years ago. He's going to call in in about 30 minutes. Laura's got her headphones on now, ready to go. Did you see the Giannis block last night? What were your thoughts? Uh, uh, not, look, Ben. I'm going to be honest. I'm yeah. not much of a basketball. I have a little bit of PTSD with basketball. I was forced to play it. I wasn't very good. I refused to watch it because it just brings back very awful memories. I thought, I'm I thought you were going to say we're kindred spirits with you had PTSD because I'm a Knicks fan. So I thought <laughs> I've just seen so much terrible basketball. No, no, no. But over plus, the years. I watched myself and uh, it's just. <laughs> yeah. That's all I needed. That's well, all I needed. Well, the play last night, I think, will live on in NBA history. And I think it is going to be a turning point in the series um, because the finals are defined by those moments. And, you know, last night, that moment just to seal the deal for Milwaukee, who was down big and, and slowly but surely came back. Middleton was outstanding. And if I'm Phoenix, I got my bounce back game from Booker. I kept Aiton out of foul trouble. Drew Holiday struggled from the field, and it wasn't enough. The others have to show up for Phoenix. You know, I think back to great role-playing performances uh, throughout NBA history. You think of Mike Miller in Game 5 for Miami. I think he hit seven threes. You think of John Paxson in 93, that final play in Phoenix of Game 6 where all five members of the Chicago Bulls touch the ball on the last possession of the game and Paxson gets the wide-open three. We all know the Steve Kerr shot in the finals, I believe it was 97 for the Chicago Bulls. Role players oftentimes define the NBA Finals. You have moments like last night with Giannis, but... It's Connaughton's three down the stretch. Big time, big time shot from Pat. The others for Phoenix have to show up. Chris Paul's struggling. He's got Drew Holiday on him. I follow uh, Tommy Beer. He's a great writer for Forbes, covers basketball at a high level. He had a great stat. Drew Holiday has been the primary defender on Chris Paul for a total of 78 possessions during the NBA Finals. And Chris has forced seven turnovers. For comparison, Dennis Schroeder guarded CP3 for 83 possessions in the first round, and Chris Paul only committed one turnover. So this isn't just Chris Paul hitting a mental block, running out of steam at 36, the plant-based diet not panning out. No, it's none of that. Chris is competing at a high level, and I know his wrist has given him some problems. And that shoulder, he's banged up. But Chris Paul is a gamer. Drew Holiday is just playing some excellent defense. 
And it's a reason why he's an all-league defender. He's on Team USA. Got three guys in this game on Team USA. Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. And the American men's basketball team looks all out of whack. I know they waxed Argentina the other day. It doesn't matter. They look like a mess. They don't look like they have any continuity. They're playing timid. And I think they can take a page out of what the women are doing. The WNBA All-Star game last night was fantastic. And Team USA hit a wall against the WNBA All-Stars. And that's going to motivate them heading to Tokyo. But to watch Brianna Stewart, Brittany Griner, Sue Bird, Skylar Diggins-Smith. Like, that's a squad. And it's because they've been playing together for a long time. So just imagine if back in February at the All-Star Game, if we got Team USA versus a collection of NBA All-Stars from around the world. Would have been a better All-Star Game, and it would have been better for Team USA as they try to figure things out before the Olympics in Tokyo without half their team. Half their team still in the NBA Finals. So kind of a mess on the men's side of things. I know they, they beat up on Argentina the other day, but I'm not giving them a pass. I haven't been impressed yet. I'm still waiting to see more. Um, all right, big show. Uh, the show rolls on. Jamie Patrickoff calling in. An original survivor, Los Angeles' biggest Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, host of the Shane Show. Shane Powers will check in, plus Ro Parrish from NBA TV the day after game four of the NBA Finals. Appreciate you rocking out with us. It's Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show.